0: Get ready to get inspired. This this is the Go for the Goldie podcast. Today hey, is Wednesday, November seventeenth, twenty twenty-one, and today I'm joined by a literal power couple from New York. <laughs> Please help me welcome Nick DeLeo and Shay Rao to the first in-person interview we've ever done.
1: Welcome.
0: Yeah, so this is a big deal. They, uh, we're crammed in uh, my personal little studio here, but um, especially crammed because we have two people that are uh, powerlifters, <laughs> and uh, we're not interviewing like swimmers or gymnasts today. We're interviewing <laughs> people who are very powerful. Uh, but no, these old. are my these are a couple of friends of mine from you know a very long time ago, and actually, if you guys I don't know if you guys have thought about it, but literally like a year ago. Mm-hmm. You guys were right yeah. here in Frisco we Square. We about it All more lot. than you think. So why don't you tell the people with the story I'm referencing right now. Okay,
2: so I met Goldie when we were both back in Buffalo and we actually, I was actually a runner at the time. We met at a running <laughs> store, so that's crazy. I started off as a runner triathlete and now that is long gone. But anyway, we came to visit last December, like I would say two weeks from today is when we came down and we were pretty much sold on dallas and that we wanted to move here um, but we wanted a new yorker perspective and we came down and goldie and jenny literally sold us (laughs) on it and then just then and there from that night that we went out talking about you know how it always feels like a vacation and um i think your
0: your exact phrase was i think when we were walking down main street frisco you said like you guys live in Disney World for adults, yeah. <laughs> and I, think I have a video,
1: I have a video <laughs> yeah. on my phone, and I think it was either me or you said, People really live like this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. tell you, the
0: quality of life here is great, and I think the city of Frisco should pay me to be an ambassador because I've had like <laughs> five people move here because of me. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you guys have actually some big news in that time since you didn't live here, got engaged, yeah, got a dog. Yeah. Got a house. Yeah. yeah. So a lot, a lot to be thankful for. A lot, uh, a lot to be excited for. So I'm happy for you guys. You know. Thank you. Happy that I could at least be a part of the story. You know. Yeah.
1: A big part actually. I mean, it's pretty a huge cool. Part. I mean, it's it's pretty here. cool. Well, I'm a
0: little guy, so a little part, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think let's uh, to get started here. Whoa! My dog just walked by and knocked the uh, the camera around. There's no earthquake, so we're good. Um, but I think the first part we'll get started talking about here is, um, you know, the sport that you guys yeah. compete in, you know So uh, I guess Nick, let's start with you because you alluded to yeah. a second ago that you <laughs> were a triathlete So we'll get into right, that sure. in a second, yeah. but I mean Nick obviously like look at this guy He's enormous and uh, how did you like how long have you been doing this for and you know What originally got you interested into the uh, the sport
1: well, in college? I was a baseball player and My junior year around um, I had a shoulder surgery my freshman year, but then around my junior year, I wasn't playing that much, and a few of the guys I roomed with, they were in like, the suite next to me, they would go to the gym regularly. So I was like, you know what, like, I'll go with you guys. Let me, let me see what this is all about. I hated working out. The only time I ever worked out was when the coaches forced me to do it. It's crazy yeah. that you hated working hated. out, and now you like do like, that I, cause it was cause, Because <laughs> what it was, it was, it was just exercise before then, right. and I still, to this day, hate exercise. Like, to train, I don't like exercise. Okay, I can see that. Okay, yeah. I get that. Okay. So then went to the gym, the normal, you know, chest day, arm day, bro lifting. Like, didn't really know what we were doing, but right. we just saw it on TV and did this, did the same thing for a few years then until eventually I was in Fort Lewis in 20, 2017. And I started getting interested in, like, the sport. I started learning about power and I met a couple who I'm still really good friends with, now I've visited them since in Hawaii and stuff who they were from the fort and I met them at a meet because I went to go check it out and say hey like I want to see this in person I went to the meet thought it was awesome and I saw him my friend with a military patch on so after the meet I walked up to him and said hey like you you're from Fort Lewis he's like oh yeah we train at this gym on post at this time I like come train with us so I went and I trained with them for like, nine months after that, the, n- the next nine months, they took me to my first meet. They, they told me – they forced me to sign up because I thought I wasn't ready, which everybody thinks they're not ready for their first meet, but just do it. Well, it's nerve-wracking, right? Yeah, I like, mean, it's – there's a lot. But just do it. They took me to fir- – my trained me for my first meet. They took me to my first meet. We trained together all summer, and then eventually I moved back to New York, but we've stayed in touch since, and I've been doing meets since then. So wow. I think it was, yeah, April 2018 was my first official powerlifting meet, and since then – now a few more strongman shows thrown in. So i got to ask you, what, what was your position in baseball? Uh, I, in college, I pitched only, which was a big mistake, especially after the shoulder surgery. Because then once I started gaining some muscle and I started hitting again at the end of my senior year, I went to play summer ball one last time before I enlisted in the military. And I was like, oh, crap. I could hit. <laughs> I, I screwed up. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually, just off of that summer, because I did so well in the one summer, I had a, the guy who owned the league had good connections with an independent ball team, and which is, like, pro but not affiliated with one of the major Right, teams. right, right. So it's a tough lifestyle. So he yeah. offered. He said, hey, like, I got a, a contact. Like, we can get you on a squad. And I was so mentally ready for the military that I told him, no. I don't know what would have happened, but on those teams, you can play for two weeks and get cut. Right. Or you can play, do well, and then one of the 30 teams say, hey, like, let's sign this guy.
0: So you've basically been an athlete your whole life, but mm-hmm. now, you know, that, and obviously both of you, you know, your service in the military, much appreciated, you know, on the heels of uh, Veterans Day here, right? But, um, you know, as, as an athlete, you know, you you kind of, and this is kind of the concept of like the whole show is I'm trying to introduce people to, my dog is currently urinating in the house, there it is. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the concept of the show is to basically inspire others to figure out, you know, their niche in life and realize that it's not too late. You know, there's so many people, I think, that have your story minus finding another sport, you know what I mean, or finding another passion. You know, and that's kind of the concept of the show, so I love that story. So, Let's hold on to that for a second. Now let's go to you, Shay. So obviously you said, you know, when we met, we were working at a running shoe store and you were into that whole world. And uh, so how did you get to this now?
2: Yeah, my story is completely different. Um, So I I started running because I went through something and I needed something else to like prove to myself that I was strong. And I come from a family of runners. My uncle was like a collegiate runner. My father does Ironman triathlons. So that was just kind of natural for me to start running. So I went from couch to half half marathon. I found like this training program (laughs) online and it took, I think it was like four months and I did my first half marathon and that was great. Um, But then I started- Which one was it?
0: What uh, what marathon was it? It was in,
2: I don't remember the name of it, but it was in Brooklyn and it was like a women's only, which is another reason why that was the one I selected. Um, so, yeah, that was great. And, but I was never good at the sport. I never podiumed. I had only participation trophies <laughs> from running and triathlon. And then I tried to get better at triathlon, so I started weight training. And then it was just kind of natural. Like, I think the first day in the gym, I was able to put 45 plates on the squat bar and hit it for reps. So I was like, what the? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so everyone was telling me, like, all my like, people were telling me to get into bodybuilding, that I should be a powerlifter. Um, But then it was never anything serious. I was still, like, living my best degenerate life. (laughs) Um, And I did join the military young, but it's very focused on partying (laughs) when you're young, when you're a young soldier. So um, I was fit for Army standards, but not for, like, powerlifting standards. But then I ended up deploying in 2018 to 19, and there's literally nothing else to do besides work out over there. Um, and so when I was in Afghanistan, I just got with a bunch of people that powerlifted. Is that a word? I don't know. Well, you said it, so it's a word now. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And then I just took to it. And I downloaded bodybuilding.com app, and I followed Lane Norton's PH3. And that was my – and it's actually considered a, yeah, a advanced program. intermediate program. That program but – but when you're overseas, like that's all, you know, you just work laser
0: sharp focus. Right. You just...
2: you work and you work long right. days, but you don't worry about grocery shopping. You don't worry about laundry. Like, that's you just it. Yeah, you just yeah. go to your job and then that's it. And then you're in the desert. So what do you do? You go. And there's through. not a lot
0: of extracurricular either. Like you said, the partying. Right. You know. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, Afghanistan, you couldn't even carry on a backpack because like suicide bombers was a thing. So like <laughs> you couldn't really carry around like your laptop to go somewhere to watch it. Like it was just that's wild. so you went to the gym. Um, And so then I came home in February. In March, I had my first powerlifting competition. I knew nothing about the sport still. Like the day before I got my knee sleeves for the competition, the week before I got my belt. Um, But at the meet, I met so many people that were so willing to just pull you in and coach you. And that was like the first. I feel like in running, everyone, at least from what I saw, what's your time? with your speed, you know, and it's very like cutthroat.
0: That's right. And
2: then in the powerlifting me, especially amongst women, it was so like, I just want to see her lift more. Like you never want to see someone fail a lift, even if they're lifting more than you. Um, And then it just kind of.
0: So you feel like a real part of the community, regardless of what level you're at. Yeah, 100%.
2: And then from there, I, I started Olympic weightlifting. And Nick actually got me into Strongman, and I feel like even more so that community feeling is within Mm. those other sports. So
0: real quick, before we move on there, can you explain the difference? Because I certainly don't know, and I'm (laughs) sure some people listening don't know the difference. So
2: powerlifting is just the three main lifts, which is squat, bench, and deadlift, and you go in that order. um, And the competition is you have three attempts, and it's for you to hit your heaviest attempt, and the heaviest number of each lift makes your total, and then that's basically how you would podium and it's it's within a weight class and everything like that um and then there's you know certain rules i don't think we need to get into the rules of it but then olympic weightlifting is the snatch and the clean and jerk um
0: i'd assume those are what's in the olympics right right yeah
2: yeah um and it's basically the same concept the only difference in olympic weightlifting is in powerlifting you only get a medal based off of your total in olympic weightlifting you get a medal based off of who has the best snatch who has the best clean and jerk, and who has the best total.
0: Gotcha, okay. And so then, it's very, like, so it's really same, different sides of the same coin. Right. Okay, gotcha. It's just the movements or what right. constitute right. the yeah. difference. Okay. And then
2: Strongman is just a completely different animal. What was it originated from? Like, just it, it odd objects? A, right,
1: so it started as a way to take athletes from every other sport, including, like, they had football players, they had basketball players, they had... They had uh, all-team sport athletes, runners, triathletes. Also, they had bodybuilders and powerlifters. And they put them all together and created these weird events, like log pressing. Some normal events that we know now, like deadlifting. But weird events, carries, loads. Can you put a keg over your head? Like, why? But they took this and they... Events that people had never trained before. Right. And said, who would be the best at these random events that are all very heavy, sometimes for reps, sometimes for a max lift. But that became strongmen, and now then eventually it caught on so much that people trained specifically for strongmen.
0: that's really interesting and i'll tell you why because i think i i've kind of had this okay so that whole concept that you just kind of explained that's how i feel about obstacle course racing Mm. i feel like that is so new that people don't know how to specifically Mm -hmm. train for it Mm -hmm. because it's like it's kind of taking that concept you just said but it's kind of narrowing the scope down a little bit more to where it's like there's endurance now involved Mm -hmm. in it too and like because i just did a spartan um a beast so it's a half marathon and 30 obstacles oh my god and it was pretty intense (laughs) it was pretty intense my events are uh, 60 seconds (laughs) it was nuts and so it's like kind of the same concept though you know what i mean it's just because there's triathletes there there's crossfitters there there's Mm -hmm. runners there and like the runners suck at the obstacles, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and, like, the crossfitters suck at the running, right. you know, and it was yeah. just, like, I excelled, I think I came in, I came in sixth, and, like, very good, and I killed it on the runs, you know, I did well in the obstacles, but not, like, like, you at your first, that was my first Spartan, I don't know what the hell I was doing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, so, like, obviously I could have done better, but the running was the majority of it, so that's where, like, I excelled, but, like you said, it's. People don't know how to train for it yet, I think, you know, at some point. What
2: we noticed is um, we did our first strongman competition this year in January, actually, Mm -hmm. and we both came in second. Um, Congrats, that's awesome. Thank you, yeah, it was was great. But what (laughs) we noticed was we had already such a great fundamental base from powerlifting. Because within any of the sports, you train the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. Regardless, in Olympic weightlifting, you do it. It's just an accessory. It's not your main lift. And the same thing even with strongman training. But what we noticed, the other people that just trained strongman, they're really good technique-wise at like lifting the odd mm-hmm. objects. So they're great. They could pick up a keg, a stone, a sandbag, but they don't the have that. Sweet, like
0: you? Yeah. Right. Okay. But that, they don't that have
2: nuts. that like nitty-gritty strength that you need. So we found that even the girl that came in first was a professional bodybuilder. So mm-hmm. like at the yeah. end of the huh. day, the people yeah, that the people the people that excelled. That guy would
1: beat me. Weighed like
2: a hundred pounds more than he him. He's like three sixty. and yeah. like Squats eight
1: hundred. and Benches five hundred. I like, can't even wrap my head around that. Like, <laughs> like what you what? said is you
2: have this great base. Like we noticed that it's really the same mm-hmm. thing in strongmen. Like yeah. you can learn how to pick up whatever odd object you want, but unless you have that.
1: Limit
2: yeah unless you have that those that's fundamentals you're not going to really do well as other people yeah.
0: that's really interesting so and and for those out there uh, follow them on Instagram they document everything it's really interesting go ahead and give me your Instagram handles I don't even remember mine
2: <laughs> I think I'm <laughs> shay oh yeah
1: um, and uh, the leo25
0: his yeah. I've shown his to like everybody leading up to the show because I'm like So what was the last competition you did where where you have the multiple videos in
1: your post? Yeah, that was, what, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago.
0: He's carrying, so it was a a Texas size, or a a Texas size. He could not stay in Texas. (laughs) Um, A Texas um, uh, shield. And how much was that?
1: That was a 300-pound shield for max distance in 60 seconds.
0: And how long did you do? I don't know how far I went. It's ridiculous. Whatever. <laughs> like if you, I don't know what it was. If you watch, I did him,
1: get the sixty seconds, but I had to take a few breaks and get, catch my breath with it on my knees. Cause yeah. I can't put it on the floor.
0: You just watch him like perform,
1: and it's it's incredible, you know. So. feet.
2: Something like that.
1: I think it might have been two hundred. Which is it's
2: just another like side note. Like with strongman, you can actually trace a lot of the events back to like these mm. historical right. folklore stories of like these That's cool. ridiculously strong people. Um, like the Juselfeld stone doesn't yeah, originate it's a, it's a in stone. Iceland, yeah, it's a and stone. a lot of these things come from stories of these people in different countries that just did the, wow. this extraordinary, the Dini, the Dini stone extraordinary Dini. feats of strength. Yeah. And so it yeah.
0: brings culture, like it just mm-hmm. you know, it, it, wow,
1: that's really neat. I like that a lot. And there's that's, a show on the Discovery National Geographic. What show? What channel was
2: that on? I don't remember because we that, saw it on YouTube. Yeah,
1: okay. there, there's a show where they took. It was from I think 2018 few of the top strong men in the world went to all different countries to do all different events from, like, history. Like, history has it that this guy did this event, did this oh, lift wow. in, like, what a the, cool idea. in, like, the 1700s, and then they would go and either do it or do something similar and, like, pay respects to it. It was basically eight episodes They went around the world, so it was really cool.
0: Wow, that's a cool concept. Yeah. So when, um, I know we, we touched on it briefly before we, like, turn this on here, but as far as, like, a, a season... Mm. What's the typical season like for you guys? I know, like, you, you mentioned that it's not something that, like, triathlon, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm swimming in December, you know, mm-hmm. where there's it's basically, like, April to now, November. You know, there's, right. a, there's well, an off-season. For if you're, you guys, how's it work? If
2: you're good enough, I think you, you do pay attention to, like, when Nationals is right. and when Worlds World is, which Nationals is usually over the summer. Um, so that would kind of dictate, you know, when you – are trying to peak out um, but even then most powerlifters will do two at that level they'll do like two a year so mm-hmm. how do you
0: peak like what I got like in triathlon you know there you're, you have a B and C races so an A race is like like my national championship I went to last week you know and a B race is like it's something that you want to perform well at but you you know you're not like peaking for it and then a C race is you're just doing it for the hell of it, you know, maybe practice a new technique or a new, you know, introduce something new to right. kind of put in a race situation. Is there peaking, in, like in bodybuilding obviously, like you're peaking to that specific day. Mm-hmm. Can you maintain the strength that you need for a powerlifting event or do you peak for that as well? That's, I never really thought about it, but now that we're
1: talking about it, I wonder.
2: I feel like you can explain it better.
1: So, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone has a different method, a different style, different coaches. But generally speaking, you'll have your off-season phase, which could be four weeks. It could be 12 weeks, whatever it is, where you'll do – you'll maybe try some new stuff, but you'll also do a lot more volume. You'll do maybe variation exercises. So instead of doing your normal bench grip, bench press grip, maybe you're doing wide grip bench press to work on a weak point in your chest or narrow grip to work on your triceps, whatever it is. So you do that and build up a lot of work capacity. And what that will do is it'll keep you, it'll keep your fitness levels up and also put on some muscle. Because although training very heavy does build muscle, there's a point where it only builds so much, mm-hmm. you need more work. Okay. And you also need to get your body, your tendons, your ligaments, everything prepared for the heavyweight. Because if okay. you just go into heavyweight, that's when your technique breaks down, you screw up, you get hurt, you get burnt out neurologically, whatever it is. So you'll do that off-season phase. And then everyone's peaking phase is different, but generally, let's say it's a 12 weeks. A lot of people like 12 weeks. You'll start at, let's say your goal is 100%. Like whatever your 100% number is your goal to hit at the meet, you would start, let's say you start with 80%, and you'll maybe do five reps with it or three reps with it. And slowly over the 12 weeks, you'll build that up. And as you build up the percentages, you lower the reps.
0: So when you talk, in a competition, you're going for a one rev max? Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, so you're, tr- okay. You build towards that. Okay, okay There's different okay, methods, gotcha.
1: there's, you know, you do accessories with it, you do speed work with it to keep up your, because as the weight gets heavier, you're gonna move slower, but you wanna train yourself to move faster, do so speed gotcha. work with it. Okay. You gotta still do the volume or you'll lose that work capacity you built in the off season. So there's a lot of ways to make it work. I think a lot of
0: people, helpful. I think a lot of people look at, you know, a sport like that, and I don't think they give it the credit that's due. Mm. You know, it's just, there's a lot of things like that, right, that you don't see the hours and hours of work mm. and dedication and the behind the scenes, you know, that goes into right. it. And, um, you know, cause it's like, I can only imagine, like for me, and I always, you know, use triathlon as the example, cause that's, you know, what I do, but, you know, it's an hour, it's an hour race, you know, typically first sprint. And there's points in the race where you may, you know, not have had the best transition. Or you know you may have not run as fast in the your first mile. We can make up for it in your second. You know for you guys it's
1: it's it it's one
0: lift. You know like what is mentally like? What is that like? That's got to be really intense. So
2: I was just gonna say we we actually had this conversation uh, not too long ago where it's like when you're under that maximal load where. Just to give you an idea, Nick is the type of lifter where he wants to, it's called going nine for nine. So hitting all of your lifts, because throughout the day you have nine lifts to hit. Um, Three of each. Three of each, right. Three of each, okay, gotcha. Um, So he wants to go nine for nine. So he wants his 100% to be his third attempt, and he wants to have a good day. I don't approach it that way. I want to go balls to the wall for my third attempt, and I want my second attempt to be 100%. And then just see if I can go for it because when you're in that environment, the energy is so high. I mean, I think every single time I've gone for a max lift, at least on the squat, I've hit a 20-pound PR. Like wow. that's absurd for me to continuously do that, but it's I really thrive off of the energy. Yeah, I can um, imagine. So the ways that you approach training, even in that way, is a little bit different, but. Something that I struggle with is meat day nerves. So I cannot keep any food down. And I know in, like, running the triathlon world, they say, like, nothing new on meat day. Like, wear clothes that you've worn before, Mm -hmm. eat the same things you eat Mm -hmm. during training. I can do all that and just, I don't know what comes over me. I just can't stomach anything so we're working on it so by the time we get to deadlifts (laughs) grape juice (laughs) (laughs) um the last strongman competition we did someone gave me like um watermelon with salt on it and that that helped me a lot because i was depleted i mean i was not drinking water because i was puking it i was was, you get
0: that worked up on game yeah i just so by the
2: time yeah so by the time the deadlifts come i'm like (laughs) I'm done. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last piloting competition I did, I passed out during my... I got
1: a great video. <laughs> <laughs> just great. like I'm like at
2: the top of the, lock, the lockout and I just black and I'm
1: go limp. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. Yeah. That's wow. Good. So
2: someone like him, it, he doesn't really have those problems. Um, no, and, and like I said, he wants every lift to look like it's a first attempt, yeah. which you want it to look like it just moves really quickly. So. Well,
0: you do a good job of that because it looks like that. When it feel it. It.
2: <laughs> Which his last meet, I mean, he, like, you could have done so much more on his last well, meet. But oh, that's I another, left. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I did. That wasn't a good day. So but when I'm you, at a lift, or at,
0: uh, at a meet, I mean, um, you're from your first lift to the ninth lift, how long is that? Is that an entire day? Is it a couple hours? It depends. Is
2: it an hour? Like, how's it going? It depends on how big the meet is. Um,
1: it's like in December. In meet.
2: December, I, I didn't meet like in the January, middle of COVID. January. It was in December. Oh, it was before we came. Yeah, and after.
1: Yeah, you're
2: right. And <laughs> and anyways, there was like twenty people there. So, so we got me. we weighed in at like eight thirty, and we were done by twelve.
0: So I know, like you you rolled your eyes and said like twenty people. I is that a lot? Is that so not so a lot? Of,
2: that's not a lot,
1: a lot at, at not all. A, lot of people, a okay. normal meet would be capped between forty and sixty. Okay. So her meet was. Not even 20. It was, I think, 12.
2: Like, people just dropped out because of COVID. And, for example, my first meet was 60 people, and that was all day. We were there at 7 in the morning, and mm -hmm. we didn't leave until 7 p.m. And, I mean, 7 p.m. is the awards are done. That's long. You know? Right, right. Um, So, you don't have to stay that long, especially if you know you're not going to podium. But... Mm -hmm. It's also not that way. Like people want to see other people get their awards and yeah. stuff. Right, so. you want to
0: support, like you said,
1: it's a yeah. good community. But then
2: he just didn't meet. There was like a hundred people I, there. It
1: was it was a hundred. Like, it was a money meet, so very, oh, okay. very few meets. There's prize money. This meet had prize money. I didn't do it because of that. I did it because it just lined up with my schedule. But it was 120 lifters and two platforms going at the same time.
0: Wow. Yeah. So are there like, parts of the country like I'd assume Texas is probably pretty into this. Mm-hmm, um, New York, I'd probably assume. No, no. no? really. Yeah, you know the yeah. tough attitude. No, you know what? It
2: depends on what federation too. Um, so we compete in the USPA um, mm-hmm. and US, US Powerlifting
0: U- Association, right?
2: Yeah. And they have a tested and a non-tested federation. So I like that because I compete non-tested, obviously. Um, and then you have USAPL, which is another really popular one, which they say they're drug-free. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. It's questionable amongst the, like, really big lifters. Yeah. So, at least in care. New York, it seemed that the more, the, the lifters that lifted more went to the USAPL um, than USPA. But it's, like, the opposite for yeah. men.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I okay. was going to say. I was going to say, Gusa, I don't know if you know him. You met him when we were out there one time. He just dropped in and says hello. So. Hey! Hi, Gusa, how you doing? Um, okay, that's really interesting. So... What did we just ask about the country, different parts, New York? Texas Okay, gotcha. So now the gyms. Obviously you're not going to LA fitness. You know what I mean? Like you're not what kind of gym do you go to to train for something like that? Which
2: this? you can start there. I started out of LA I mean, you
1: could finish there too, it's you, your choice. <laughs> yeah.
2: And um, I was really doing the majority of my training when I came home at a twenty four hour before I went to a powerlifting gym. But yeah, powerlifting gyms will have the racks that you will use on comp day, and then they'll have all the specialty bars. If you want to do it
0: right, you got to go to a gym like that. The bars, I mean, the
1: bars are a big, a big factor.
2: If you compete USPA, which they use different bars based off of the lift, yeah. you have a squat bar which is heavier and thicker in diameter.
1: Is um, that
0: how? Is that 55 pounds or how much? Right, it, yeah, right.
2: So it sits on your back differently, um, and then the deadlift bar. Okay. It's it's meant to have a little bit of whip in it. Okay. Um, and it doesn't have all the because you don't need it because it's a little bit you say whip, what
0: is, what, what do you, you mean, mean to it? like
2: right. uh, um, um, whip. What does that mean? So just how much the bar will bend with the weight on the ends of it. Whereas USAPL, they use a power bar or a stiff bar for all three lifts and it pulls very differently. Especially when, which I would say at my level, which I mean I deadlift well last time I deadlifted was like three twenty five. So it's not gonna whip that much with 325, but the guys who are deadlifting 600 pounds, you can feel a difference in a deadlift bar versus a that's stiff so bar. Interesting. I feel
1: like four, so interesting.
2: So USAPL, they use all stiff bars. Um, so if you're gonna be in that federation, you wanna train on that kind of bar. Gotcha. And if you wanna lift in USPA, obviously you wanna train on what you're gonna do on, you know, you're right, not gonna right. train on a bike that you're not gonna
0: bike exactly. on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, once you get to once you get to your, your your event, you want to act as if you've already done it, right? right. I mean, that's kind of the concept. Yeah, right. yeah, So I think people want to know. We'll, uh, we'll start with you, Nick. PRs in powerlifting. What do you got? So squat, bench, deadlift, right? Those are the right. three? Yeah. So, yeah, my
1: last meet was the only time in my life I had a good squat prep. Squat went great in meet prep, and it was so good we didn't even realize we screwed it up because yeah. – we called, His third
2: attempt looked like
1: We called for, it, a was, warm up. it was 590, I think, and it was a mistake because it moved like it should have been my, like, maybe my opener. Wow. Because we didn't, I, I had never peaked good on squat before. Like, my form was shit, my peak, I, I would squat more at the meet because you're excited, but it's just not good. Mm-hmm. And this meet, like, everything clicked perfect and we did not take advantage of it. That's insane. Yeah, we really screwed up. But it moved real good, so I was happy. My weakness became, like, not my strength, but... If once I hit in the 650s to 7, mm-hmm. that'll probably be more of a strength. Um, once
0: I – like, you just – I mean,
1: in in knee sleeves, knee wraps, I throw them on now, I'll do a lot better because there's yeah. different different rules in different classes. Like, you wrap up your knees, you can get 80 pounds out of that. It's so fascinating to yeah. I me, mean, these rules it's, it's and, wild. like, the different but, strategies um, yeah. to
0: it. I mean, obviously, I, I knew there's a lot to it, but, like, I didn't know what to it. And yeah. that's just so yeah. crazy, all these different – Right. Straight, I don't know. That's awesome. There's a whole world that, and that's why I love talking to people mm-hmm. doing shit that I have no idea about because I love learning about this kind right. of stuff. All right, so what's the number on the
1: bench or squatting mean, That was a 590 in competition. Right? 595. That same meat I Which, did. Which, by
2: the way, with powerlifters, all that matters is what you hit in a comp. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I ran a yeah. four-minute like mile my, by myself, right. but right. Yeah. 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 Like in the gym, my bench, I did it like the way I wanted to do it. I've hit the four-plate bench, the 405, but it wouldn't have passed in competition. Gotcha. Okay. I haven't done it in competition yet. And then what did I, I did a 385 in that meet. Um, do they make you whole, pause when you yes, come down? You have to. You have to unrack it. You have to hold it. They say start. Then you come down. They say press. Then you press. They say rack. And then you rack. Gotcha. So it's um yeah. The so little cadence. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that that meat prep actually was a very bad bench meat prep. It went terrible.
0: So if so, you had one
1: where all three go well, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> um, yes, I did. Uh, well, not really squat, but <laughs> my sec my third meat was probably like my best meat in terms of what I could should have done and what I did do. This meat, I, I screwed it up on squat because I did, went nowhere near as heavy as I should have. Bench, I, I did on meat day what I should have done based on how crappy my meat prep was. Okay. And then deadlift, I was had a really bad meat prep for deadlift too, and this uh, my second attempt was a six seventy two, and that was all right. And once the, I pulled that, I was like, actually, I think I have seven today. And then my left knee locked out early, and I, I lost it. I've since in That's my str- strongman I pulled seven hundred with like good speed actually. And then the problem was, that was my second attempt. So my, yeah. my third attempt was 730. But at that point, powerlifting and strongman are very different. So in strongman, the rules and everything can change. So in this case, it was basically whoever's left in the competition, you just go in order. And there was only four guys left in the entire competition out of 100. I think it was 100 or 90-something 90, 90 at that weight. So I went, I pulled 700, and only three guys went. Of they switched it down to one bar. Three guys went and I was back up to do 730. Oh, this was a quick turnaround. Usually in in powerlifting, you rest anywhere from from 10 to 15 minutes between attempts. You get a full neurological reset. I didn't have, and that's like three minutes is like speed work. Yeah, that's like so I didn't have the time. I got it to my knees at 730. I dropped it. I was pissed, but but I know if it you know if I had my normal rest, it should have been good because the 700 was I was really. How many
0: meets have you done in your life? Not a lot. Um, I've
1: done four uspa meets i've done two push pulls at metro flex we got the next one coming up in three weeks which charity, is just a charity yeah. event it's just it's just bench and deadlifts a lot of fun
2: you should come and like so see the
1: environment
0: i want to i yeah. definitely it would want to be exciting to. What's, what's the date on that third it's december third yeah
1: okay It's just for fun like i just came off a strongman meet so i'll be nowhere near prepared for this meet but we're doing it just for fun yeah mean, i mean i want to go and see
0: the atmosphere here i mean when you guys visited, I think you were gonna maybe do a meet, and I think it wound up not working out. right? No, that was the it one was where the like no one? one showed up. Gotcha. The twelve. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're saying. So. Your maxes. How about you, Shane? Let's hit, let's go over your maxes here. So,
2: I'm going to talk about my gym maxes because haven't I since haven't competed in since
1: like almost nine. a year now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so I actually did like a I peaked over the summer, um, but because we were moving, I wanted to commit to like lifting heavy, but mm-hmm. not with a meet cuz at I was like only lifting 2 days a week sometimes. Like I just could not commit. It was crazy anyways that day best squat of my life i hit 308 pounds wow Um, yeah that was an awesome day my bench now with a broken foot i've been doing a lot of chest work um and i do i've been doing what's called larson press so your feet are like straight out on the bench so you don't have any leg drive my bench now is better than it was when I was like normal, fully healthy, that's so crazy. So I that's think so crazy. the best I did was hit. I just hit 145 for a paused, feetless, legless bench, like yeah. just recently.
0: And if you, you you can't tell on the camera, but she has broken her foot. She's got a <laughs> whole thing going on. So um, most I'd, people would use that as an excuse to say, "Hey, you know what? This is my rest time." Not Shay. She's great.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's easy when you're partner is also in the same sport as you you know because he does stuff and I get I get jealous because I'm like I want to compete and you just get that you kind of get like vicariously drive through lifting Um,
0: iron sharpens iron you know yeah if one if one of the irons is getting sharp you know you want (laughs) to
2: so so yeah I had surgery last Friday and I hit that bench yesterday
0: that that's is, incredible yeah. so, <laughs> that's absolutely incredible so i think 150
1: 155 yeah so healthy and then a good meat prep peaking cycle we'll see maybe you get a 160 yeah. soon
2: and so then my best deadlift so is doable. is 325 but like no. i said yeah
1: 330 3, oh maybe 330, 330. yeah 330 all right
0: give me one second i'm gonna have to get the dog out of here He keeps shaking the camera hold on <laughs>
1: Yeah, you pulled 3.30 at Metroplex. I forgot. And that was testing out sumo. Okay. That wasn't even like – yeah, she, she tested out a new stance last year for the charity meet just for fun and pulled 3.30. So I'm sure once you keep-
2: – But like I said, my issue is I can't eat. Um, and so when I was like peaking over the summer, I was – my deadlifts were – Jeff's kiss, <laughs> and then sure. just that day, um You're tired. I just was tired. I was malnourished. And it's so.
1: tough to That's do crazy, without yeah. a crowd. Yeah. There was a crowd there, like the whole gym was excited for her squat, so it felt like a meet day squat almost, probably. Yeah. But by the time like bench and deadlift, like everyone went home, and it was just like us in quiet the in the gym and her yeah. trying to hit like a PR or deadlift after doing all that squat and and the bench. It was just. I get
0: it. Have you ever tried, have you ever tried like or thought about going to like a sports psychologist or someone like that like to because it feels it's like getting, I mean fun. that just could launch you to a new level,
1: you know. You know like that gonna, sounds like crippling that I was going to say
2: um, I don't want this to turn into like a mental health episode, but when I was deployed and I was powerlifting, I think I got so good so quickly because I was channeling all this these like mental issues from deployment into my training and it got to a point where it was unhealthy and i had like serious injuries with my shoulder i couldn't even an olympic barbell for women is 33 pounds i couldn't even no i didn't get hurt from lifting but i just kept hammering my body um so so like i was saying an olympic a women's olympic barbell is only 33 pounds i couldn't even bench that i mean i couldn't even curl one pound like my whole left arm was yeah. yeah So then I actually did go to see like a therapist and work through those issues. And I've definitely, if I knew what I know now with how to approach training, how to approach sleep, how to approach nutrition, yeah. I probably would have been such a better lifter. Um, so now I'm just, now I'm better. I'm in the right headspace. Yeah. I know what I need to do. Yeah. Um, but now with all the injuries, I'm just trying to get back into like that drive for training right. like I had before. Um, So, yeah,
0: but... People don't understand, like, if you're not an athlete or never have been, I don't care what sport you're doing, like, there's just such a mental side to everything that you do because Mm -hmm. when you're not doing it, you're thinking about it, right? And (laughs) you're thinking about... Not only are you thinking about your next workout, but you're also maybe second-guessing, you know, your efforts from previous workouts or previous, you know, experiences. Or, okay, and, I, I mean, I've, I've been going through that, too, personally. I mean, I had the national championship in Milwaukee in August, and for the first time in my life, I had a panic attack in the middle of the water. It's, it's horrific. Like, that's, wow. I've never experienced it. Like, my body just starts shutting down. My
2: dad calls the triathlon swims, though, combat swims. It is. It's a nightmare. Yeah. They're crazy.
0: And I was in the middle of uh, Lake Michigan, I think, and my body just, like, shut down. I had to call a kayak over, and I just flopped over the side of a kayak, and that sticks with you, you know? So, like... This race last weekend in Arizona was like a big hurdle for me because leading up to it, I was really anxious because that, I've done, I don't know, maybe like 50 triathlons, but never had that happen to me, but it ha- only had it happen once for me to like have that in my head, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like demons, you know, it's, so I, you know, what getting over it, I'm still like terrified of it, but I did it, <laughs> you know, yeah. so. I know what you mean. I mean, obviously, your situation's much different than mine, but it's just I get too really worked up on, on race days, and that situation is, like, something I'm going to have to work through next year. But Yeah. All right, moving on. Gusa actually asked, have you ever had an accident during a competition?
2: Like an accident, like shit yourself? Oh, yeah. I have not, actually. so We've all seen the
0: YouTube videos. you know. Yeah, that's, so. a that's a thing with yeah. women,
2: like pelvic floor strength, mm-hmm. especially women that pull sumo. Um, you'll see quite a few Cause of, like, women... Because of the wide
0: grip or whatever, mm-hmm. or wide stance. Right,
2: you'll see quite a few women pee themselves on the platform.
1: Interesting. I yeah. surprisingly haven't, but in, I don't know <laughs> what this was, like March, I was training... Um, was actually doing strongman training but eventually did a powerlifting me but a zurcher carry where you hold the bar like in your arms okay like yeah. this, and carry it and those i was are, are painful <laughs> yeah i was basically going max effort on those um e- each week we were increasing it we did it for like four weeks and i remember one set where i was walking and i thought this is it like, <laughs> like i'm like, i'm in the middle of this like military installation gym like everybody here is you know all the same community, and I'm about to shit everybody. <laughs> and I made it to the end, then I dropped the bar, and I was okay. But and they just kept going. I, I, I thought I, I accepted it but in just, the middle of the lift. Just I to it. add
2: to that, though, Nick has actually shit himself as an adult.
1: Yeah, just a, not in competition. Quite a few
2: times. So for him, like me knowing him, for him to say like, no, I didn't actually shit myself during the surgery carries, to me that's shocking. Right. Because. He's, it's taken a lot less. for Because in normal him.
1: day-to-day, he's yeah. just, you know, <laughs> it's, the it's, yeah. it's been a while. It it's multiple. been a while. I've he's done, done it multiple times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess the next question I have for you guys, I'm sure, and you know, I'm curious about this, but I'm sure others are as well. What's a diet like? Do you, do you do, like, the macros thing or – are you just eating everything that you can? What's the timing like for the, for your nutrition? Like, let's let's get into that a little bit because always, I've talked to so many different. You're episode forty seven, and I've talked to so many different kinds of athletes. Forty six, and every <laughs> and every one of these is just so different how these athletes you know uh, fuel themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to hear about. What nutrition is like for you guys?
2: So I actually coach nutrition through Liberty, um, but I've never actually coached... And we're going to shelve Liberty
0: for a second. We'll get to that in the, That's okay. after the food here.
2: Um, so, which, like, I remember you said something before, like, people don't realize the work that powerlifters go into, but I feel like powerlifting has this stigma that you're, like, a fat shit and you powerlift.
0: I think that's true, yeah. I think a lot of people think that.
2: Which now I definitely am seeing a difference. Like, powerlifting is a weight class sport so now more people are in their off season going through their bulk phase and trying to put on as much muscle mass and strength as they can and then cutting down to that weight class where you know they can be competitive sometimes healthy or sometimes with like a 20 pound water cut which is extremely unhealthy but with powerlifting and really any type of strength training nutrient timing is most important so at the maximal effort you like a blanket thing is to eat one gram of protein per body mass and some people go by lean body mass some people just go by like what your weight is on the scale um, but then you want to take certain percentages of that and eat it around you know 30 minutes before 30 we say gram after. of protein
0: are you saying per body mass like per pound right or, okay, yeah gotcha.
2: yeah um, So if you weigh 150 pounds, you want to be eating 150 grams of protein every day. But then you want to take a certain percentage of that and carbs and make sure you're eating that before, make sure you're eating a certain amount after. And then it's basically like built around what time are you going to train and what like you backtrack from then. Like what time do I need to have breakfast, lunch? When do I need to have my pre-workout meal? Um, Nick is really big into the intra- nutrition so he always has electrolytes with him he always has some type of carb with him right um not everyone does that but i mean it is what it is i don't i don't actually do that i should start we're working Mm -hmm. on that then it becomes easier on meat day to eat
1: Uh, well there's always just
0: one freaking thing to add you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and then like in a month from now, some study could come out that completely <laughs> turns everything on its head, you know right. what I mean? And Which is
2: another thing why I only focus on the, the supplements that are scientifically proven to give you benefits, mm-hmm. and that's like five. So like mm-hmm. whey protein, creatine, um, fish oils, probiotics, and I'm forgetting one. I'm forgetting one. But things like. Uh, we'll get back what, to you. What is it that people take? Um, BCAAs. branched oh, chain, branch amino, chain acids. amino acids. Yeah. Unless you're already structuring your protein intake perfectly, it's not going to help you. And if you are structuring your protein intake perfectly, you don't need it. It's not going yes, to really you, add any other extra help benefit, it right? It might help. So things like that, they don't, it's not going to make or break you. If you're going to spend money on something, you want to spend it on the whey protein. On a joint supplement, caffeine. on caffeine. Caffeine is the other one. Gotcha. Scientifically proven to help Life your training, you. right?
0: So when you take, so you're talking a daily basis. Like, you should you work out at the same time every day? You know, is it like?
1: A lot of times.
2: Yeah, we try to, um, and then we pretty much. I think it, we got our to the point where it's like we just know. Um,
1: yeah. What well, time? Well, it's easy so, to
0: kind of put it into autopilot. I mean, that's how I am. Yeah. I know, so like, it's just for me if I'm trying to reach optimal, you know, performance, I don't want to have to switch it up every day. That's a nightmare, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like and your body I think gets used to the rhythm mm-hmm. is of going to the same I mean same we do time. eat a
2: lot of the same things, chicken and rice. Yeah. Well that's what we're pasta, having tonight for and dinner. Beef. So yeah, we're having so. pasta
0: and chicken for dinner. So yeah.
2: <laughs> and then and then definitely water intake. Um I mean we try to get like a gallon in a day. We carry on wow. these gallon jugs with us. And then definitely yeah. Really? It's a little bit more, actually. It's um, a lot of water. And so the hydro drugs, which I was going to say shameless plug, but no, because it's like, I'm not, they don't pay me, but whatever. Um, not yet. <laughs> um, and then sleep, obviously. Um, so those are other things. How much
1: sleep do you guys get a night? Not enough. I, I, if I don't get seven plus, I'm, I feel it. One day is not the end of the world. But if it's two or three days without seven plus hours of sleep, i my training takes a hit. One hundred percent. With sleep I find it so interesting that.
0: So I, I listened to a lot of different podcasts and there was I forgot the one I was listening to, but the one guy was a sleep expert and this was years ago and it was pretty life changing for me. He said, One day don't take any stimulants, go about your normal day, and he goes, Just go to bed and when you're tired and try to like pay attention to the clock as much as you can before you like try to understand when you actually fall right. asleep and then see when you wake up naturally in the morning and like that's your window for sleep. And that was pretty life changing for me because I had always heard eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, eight hours. Well, for me it's like six and a half. If I don't if I sleep like seven hours, I feel like groggy the rest mm-hmm. of the day. You know, so like I go to bed, I'm like a clock now. I go to bed between like ten thirty and eleven and I wake up at five every day and that's like it's just i and it's weekends and everything and like i feel so much better since i've like started doing that i don't know do you guys like set an alarm or do you wake up naturally or how does it work so for you guys?
2: i have an alarm because of work um but i'm also working on east coast time with oh, my so, okay. team yeah so it's a little bit different um and then nick's schedule is not like that but we also have our pup he
1: wakes me up. He Nick walks. That's an alarm clock, yeah. <laughs> Nick has to walk him,
2: especially now because my foot's broken. So yeah. Um, but like what you were saying, I I I agree. I I think I'm fine with six hours of sleep, but with me, I noticed if I have interrupted sleep, I could have ten hours of interrupted sleep, and I cannot function the next day. Yeah, that's
0: that's a good point too. Yeah. So that's another yeah. that's
2: another thing. But even to talk about like how I stress. Um, like mental health and getting that checked out and making sure you're sleeping uh when i was at probably lifting the best ever and most consistently i was also averaging like two and a half hours of sleep a night um so i was when still going overseas. to the gym and i had my newbie gains so that's probably why i was still able to do so well right. but i was not recovering like i was constantly sore um and i always had an injury you know right. so that those are also things to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that newbie gains, that's like kind of a trap, I guess, because you have to understand that when you're in it, you're in that. You know, it's yeah. not going to be infinite. You know, it's like, right. you know, you play you know, basketball for the first time, you make the first couple of shots, you're like, well, on this pace, I'm gonna, you know, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you
2: see it in, I think, in Olympic weightlifting a lot, because I feel like the Olympics, you know, people can go to the same Olympics and they'll put one kilogram on their total. And that's what they worked for for the last four years. You that's know? so wild. And when you're at that elite level, yeah, yeah. that that any is any incremental
0: right. you know, gain is, is even a gain. if
2: you lift it faster, like that's a gain. Yeah, the same amount. Oh, of that's
0: interesting. Okay, yeah, I never even, so they time your lifts.
2: No, that's just like a thing you a you can thing. know yeah. in your own lifting, especially any there's strength athlete. They definitely record themselves all the time. There's um, also
1: a device you can put on the bar right. and measure your meters per second and stuff. I don't do it. I don't care for it. You can measure bar people, path. I know but some people do.
0: I'd love to introduce you to, I had a girl on the show, her name's Elizabeth Lee, um, she's a part of the On Run crew, and she's an Olympic lifter, and she goes to nationals, and she places, and she's wow. tiny, you know, and she uh, she's a beast, so, yeah, um, she lives in Oklahoma City, I think, so, uh, she comes out to Dallas, though, so when she comes yeah. down, there, we'll have to go out, and we'll have to connect you two, because... I know the network and the community is large in the U.S. and it'd be cool to, you know, maybe you guys go to a meet together at some point. Yeah, I mean,
2: I love Olympic lifting. I think it's such a technical, beautiful sport. And it's like just as much grit as it is patience, which powerlifting, you can just go and they have the whole phrase grip and rip, right? You can Mm -hmm. just go ball to the wall and everyone's like screaming at you. And Olympic lifting, it's like silence. And really? Like, okay. Yeah. See, I would have never even it's so that. It's yeah. so different. Well, yeah. um, kidding, <laughs> kidding. So, But I haven't actually seen many Olympic weightlifters down here, which yeah. maybe it's just that – I mean, we go to um, Metroflex Plano, and we go to Destination Dallas, and I just – I don't know. I just kind of assumed there would be an equal amount in yeah. strength sports, and there's not. I mean, in Metroflex Plano, there's literally one kid that Olympic lifts there.
0: So yeah. it's not just a powerlifting gym, like if – if you, I was into, like, Olympic lifting, too, that would be the perfect gym for me to go to. I wouldn't t- say
2: perfect, mm-hmm. but it has yeah. bumper plates. It has an Olympic So cause the bumper,
0: the bumper plates because you're doing, you know, you're just dropping them. Yeah, and
2: you don't want to drop, like, an iron plate. It's also right. bad for the barbell, an iron plate from overhead onto the platform. You'll just break everything. Gotcha. You mean? <laughs> um, so Dallas does have, like, Olympic-specific gyms. But I mean, what
0: doesn't Dallas have, right? I mean, it's – Honestly. Sure no <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> that's true. Well, not last year. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right, moving on because I want to think about that. Um, so the last thing I guess we'll go over here is let's talk about liberty, strength, and power here, right here, front and center.
2: Okay, so uh, Nick actually was just programming all these people for free, um, and we say program like writing writing programs their out. powerlifting. Sounds workouts. like you were, like,
0: making them turn into robots or something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and he's really, really good at it. And we actually did a lot of work on my bench before. Now we both get coached by Josh Bryant from Jailhouse Strong. Um, but Nick, I mean, took a lot of even the things he learned through his coach and applied them to me, and my bench was skyrocketing. I mean, I think I was – I mean, I was hitting like a five-pound PR every
0: week. It's amazing what a little bit of guidance with some from right. someone who knows what they're doing. Right. You know, can, can
2: so do then, it. I really enjoy getting other women into it and getting or against that stigma from like, oh, lifting weights is going to make you bulky. It, I hate that. It's ah. extreme. Right. Like it's extremely hard to get bulky yeah. like that. Right. Like that. that just right. You
0: really got to try. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: So then. Um, it was just kind of like we had enough people that were reaching out to us and asking us to train with them, and what what should we do? And we were just kind of like, you know, we already enjoyed doing this, so, like, why don't we just make a business out of it? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we obviously have way bigger goals. So Nick is pretty much the head coach. He has a bunch of powerlifters. He coaches strongman. He coaches tactical conditioning for so competing
1: this
2: weekend. Right, yeah, two powerlifters are competing this weekend. Where we at? Both, um, one in Jersey and one in, okay, yeah, one in PA. I forget
1: where their meets are, Jersey or PA. So this is something that's, um, it's not geo-based. You know, you can. um, We do it remote via, I use Google Sheets. Okay. So they'll, i will have a Google Sheet document and I'll write in the plan with, you know, everything from the weight or the weight range, because it depends the the sets or the time, the reps or the time, and then the rest time, because that's a big thing too. Like five sets of five with three full minutes to rest is totally different than five sets of five with 30 seconds to rest. You know what's really weird? Very different.
0: I was a musician growing up, and I always kind of in my head equated music to um, you know weightlifting, because you're right, the the lifting um, when. Like in in music, when you're when you're playing music, and you know you're in a rest period, you know I played the trombone this way, did this, but like, <laughs> but you play and then you'll rest for a couple measures. Well, you're still a part of the music mm-hmm. even though you're not playing, and in some abstract way in my mind, that's the way rest periods work with the lifting too, because like how much you lift is going to dictate kind of like the out- I'm sorry, how much you rest mm-hmm. is going to kind of like dictate the results right. or the outcome of that specific workout. You know mm-hmm. so. Yeah, um, th- this, w- this is what drives me freaking nuts when you go to, like, a lot of these big box gyms is, you know, someone will do, you know, like a set and then just, like, walk around for, like, 20 minutes. Right. And it's like that set just, like, definitely
1: didn't have the intensity needed for that rest. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. There's and time and a place for that. Right. when Between 700-pound deadlifts, yeah. That's, that's right. right, yeah. <laughs> unless you're a 900-pound deadlifter, then maybe 700, you're resting three minutes to get speed working. I don't know. Yeah, but it's all I know what same, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Which I just want to say, I think there hasn't been many people that have stopped coaching with us unless it's for, like, a financial reason. And I think it's because Nick does not – well, Nick and I do not give a cookie-cutter – do five sets of this, and then pick pick any chest accessory you want and do that for 12 reps. Yeah. Every single thing is annotated with the amount of reps that you need to do and with the amount of reps. And
0: people know. People know. You know, like, um, people know when they're getting a cookie cutter. Oh, And Obviously,
2: I feel like they don't know because, I mean, some of these people on Instagram charge yeah. $200 for literally a plan That's that correct. every single person, you just download the link and you get it, and they and we don't i mean we're very fair i mean i think we i mean i definitely came from a place where like i was budgeting for my gym membership you know so i couldn't afford some guidance so i think that's also you know making it available to people is also really important
0: one of the best best bits of advice or a bit of advice that really like hit home with me i don't know where i heard it but and it's like what i'm doing with everything and you as well like find something you love and then just figure out a way to make money doing it, you know? And if you're passionate about it and you're fanatical about it, it's gonna show, it's gonna come through. And I think what you guys are doing with this. So how can you be found, or how can people find it? I mean, I, I, I'm gonna put the link to I'm assuming you have a website or some kind of you know central location, but I'll put that in the show notes, but like how do how do you get to it? What, what What's the we website? We have our
2: Instagram and a lot of the uh, athletes will contact mostly Nick through uh, through um, Instagram DMs. But, I mean, we have our website. We have our Gmail. Um, we also we do anything. I coached my friend to like, get down to her wedding goal weight. I mean, we That's do so cool. whatever you want to do. We'll help you do it. Um, we have special rates for military and police. Um, Nick actually created, like, a free... Uh, training for people that are trying to get ready to go into like a police academy or oh, basic training things like that.
0: We saw a lot of that in our uh, old job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So well I um so Gusa actually has another question here. He goes, so why the why the banded bench? What does that do?
1: I'm not I'm not sure if this is referring to what I had posted today or not. I'm assuming like
0: fans are on your arms or something. That's or? what I posted today. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Normally banded bench would mean you put you put the you attach the bands from the floor to the bar gotcha. and then so then when you press it it creates more it's resistance, resistance. Yeah. yeah that you would use to either build triceps or work on speed with a lighter weight so that you could throw it as hard as you can it's like running over, with a parachute out, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's I assume this means what I did t- yesterday um that was just to the bands were around my wrist pulling me in and I had to fight it apart so that basically if if you grab something and pull out, it tightens your back. So I was just basically working on a new uh, new warm-up technique to get my back tighter. Interesting, yeah. okay, there you go. So there you go, there's your answer for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 that one, yeah. Oh, get, okay. Getting my back Boom. tight via the mental cue of pulling apart. Which means that he can hear us too, so this sounds good. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, we're coming up on an hour here, so I think it might be a good time to stop uh, because we have dinner waiting for us, and, uh, you know, this guy can't go too long without eating because, you know, we got to fuel that fire. Um, but I want to thank you for coming here, especially with the broken foot, you know, and <laughs> we, st- we tried to do this in the lobby of uh, the apartment complex, but it didn't work out, so now we're here crammed in the studio. Uh, but any last words, you know, any last thoughts you want to leave? How about somebody wanting to get into this you know what would be some advice that you may want to give them
2: do you want to go first
0: you. okay <laughs>
2: um, just start literally just start
0: yeah, I, just um, <laughs> just, I mean there's
2: you can find a cookie if you're a newbie newbie you can find a cookie cutter program like I did on bodybuilding.com um, I mean going through us would be cheaper but um, and There's so many free resources on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, One that I'm thinking of off the top of my head is Juggernaut. If you Google Juggernaut, Pillars of Strength, I think it's called, um, or Pillars of Something. But anyways, they work through every single part of each lift. So there's so many free resources. Elite FTS, Juggernaut, those are all things that you should look into if you want to start. But just going to the gym and saying, I'm going to have a squat day, bench day, deadlift day, and then an accessory day. Like that's perfect. Um, you don't need to have the world's best coach to be you know, a competitive lifter, you just don't. You just need to really work at it and prioritize
0: it. And a lot of it's you don't know what you don't know. So you gotta start somewhere and then just you figure mm-hmm. it out as you go, right?
2: And definitely, I mean, I would say if I could change anything, I would have gone to a powerlifting gym sooner. Cause like I said, the community is awesome. People, you'll meet people there. That if they see you doing a heavy accessory and, you know, you were, it's heavier the, than the week before. They'll say something, you know. Especially here in Texas, people are so much nicer. So I imagine it's even more friendly than it was in New York. So.
0: Well, and on that note, because uh, I think the lesson that we've all learned here today is you should move to Texas. Cause <laughs> 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 well, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I appreciate you guys coming out. All the links to everything we talked about are going to be in the show notes. Make sure you follow them on Instagram. They've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And uh, Liberty, Strength, and Power, get on. Come on, they're awesome. They know what they're doing. See you next episode.